This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a long-time member or a visitor or worshiping with us once in a while, whether you are worshiping from home or here in our sanctuary, you are welcome here. Welcome home. This is a place you can know you are loved and welcomed in the embrace of our God, and we are thrilled that you are worshiping with us this day. If you are in our sanctuary, there is a red friendship folder in your pew, and we invite you to take that and note your presence with us. Pass it to your neighbor so they can do the same. And while you are doing that, I just want to let you know that it is with sadness, but with a sure and certain hope in the resurrection to eternal life, that I let you know of the death of Suzanne Wilson. Suzanne has not lived in this area for some time, but she is a mem was a member here for many, many years, continues to hold that membership here today. And she died, I believe, yesterday morning, and we will continue to hold her family, especially her husband, John, or Jack, as you may have known him, in our prayers. So please keep the Wilson family in your prayers. Friends, it is always a joy to gather together. It is always a joy to gather as God's people. And so today, as we open our hearts, our minds, our lives to be known more fully by our God and to know our God more fully, may we do so knowing we are held in the loving embrace of the one who came to be with us always. Let us worship God together. able, please stand and join me in the call to worship. Can you imagine unfettered love, free and bold, wild and true, the kind of love that changes you? Can you imagine a home, safe and bright, with impromptu dancing, meals around table, and laughter late into the night? Can you imagine faith like a compass that guides the way you shop and vote, the way you love and hope, that asks questions and yet still believes, even despite uncertainty? Can you imagine a world where trees, bees, and all living things grow wild and free, where peace is the narrative and hope the currency? A world where news stories are testimonies and funerals are far between. Can you imagine? Yes, yes we can imagine. Today in worship, dare to dream. Dare to imagine what could be. And pay attention, for God is here. In wandering thoughts, in hopes, and in prayers. Let us worship holy God, that great unfettered love. Please join in singing together hymn 766, The Church of Christ Cannot Be Bound.
The Church of Christ cannot be bound. The Church of Christ is known where we dream, where we imagine, where we envision a new creation with God. So let us take this moment, this first step, as we approach a new week and confess our sins to our merciful God using the prayer of response as it is printed in our bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. God of grace, you invite us to dream of a better world, but instead we bury our heads in the sand. We are afraid to recognize how much has changed. We are afraid because we know the truth, then don't we have a job to do? So instead, more often than not, we maintain the status quo. We passively allow things to stay the same. We don't speak out. We don't imagine a new day. We don't dream of a world without racism, sexism, bigotry, or shame. Instead, we allow ourselves to believe that some things will never change. Show us the way. Teach us to dream. Teach us to imagine again. People of God, hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. And Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is in a new creation. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. church as forgiven people let us share the peace of Christ with one another using American sign language the peace of Christ be with you and also with you let us share one another the peace of Christ Will you pray with me, please? Holy God, we want to see what you see. We want to see what you see, but we stumble through roadblocks of bias and narrow perspective, fear and limited information. We are too small to imagine the type of love and beauty you can sow. So in this moment, we ask that you would clear the roadblocks that keep us from you. Blow the dust out of our ears. Thaw out the frozen parts of our hearts. Tell the logical arguments we form about what will and will not work to take a back seat. And as you do, breathe fresh air into our lungs and fill our minds with endless possibilities. We want to see what you see. We want to reimagine this life we're living clear away the roadblocks. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, and chapter 25, verses 8 through 12. Listen for God's word to us today. 
When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. You shall count off seven weeks of years, seven times seven years, so that the period of seven weeks of years gives 49 years. Then you shall have the trumpet sounded loud on the 10th day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall have the trumpet sounded throughout all your land. And you shall hollow the 50th year, and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return, every one of you, to your property, and every one of you to your family. That 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. You shall not sow or reap the aftergrowth or harvest the unpruned vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat only what the field itself produces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
the Young Friends Forward for a Time for Young Disciples. Come on up, come on up. Have a spot here. Hello, hello. How are you, Ben and MJ? Hello. Looks like Isla's coming. Hello. Rafaela. Come on down, come on down. Well, it's good to see all of you today. I'm glad that you're here. Our Bible story today is about dreams. It's about a lot of things. One of the things it's about, it's about dreaming, okay? And I'm curious, do you ever have dreams? Do you ever have dreams? We, I have dreams. I have dreams uh, when I'm asleep at night. Sometimes uh, they are great dreams. Sometimes they're bad dreams, like me showing up late for worship. But most of the time, they're really good dreams. We have dreams when we're at night, and we also have dreams during the day. We have daydreams where we imagine things that we want. Imagine things that we like or that we wish for, like wanting to see family members that are far away or going to places that we like. And in our Bible story today, God is inviting us to dream, to dream what God dreams, a world that is loving, a world where we share with one another, and a world where we love one another. And so I'm wondering what dreams you might have and what dreams you think God has. So I want you to think about that this week. And when I see you next time, I'll be curious to see what you think. And we'll see if we can all try and act towards God dreams in the world. A world that is loving, where we share, and we love one another. All right? All right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for your dreams. And we pray that you help us make them real. Amen. Well, thank you, young friends. Now you could head back to time for music with Mr. and Mrs. Carpenter. Friends, in the past two weeks, we have been challenged to remember the stories of God's faithfulness, the stories that have knit us together as God's people, the stories that are, have knit their way into our hearts. We've also been challenged to release the things that separate us from God in this world, and today, today we are seeking to reimagine to reimagine an old story, one we've likely heard many times before, to reflect upon the narratives we've always heard about this story, and to wonder if through it, God might be seeking to do something new among us. Thanks be to God, God is not finished with us yet. And so let us listen together to the words from the Gospel according to Mark 12th chapter, beginning with the 38th verse. Listen for the word of God. As he taught, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. 
Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. And then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We don't know much about the widow in today's story, but I imagine she's someone who had regularly been forced to squeeze a few more dollars out of a monthly budget. Pinching pennies wasn't a passing fad for her. It was the only way she could survive. And here in Mark's Gospel, we see her out of her poverty, giving everything she had, absolutely everything she had to live on, or as the Greek could be translated, she has put in her whole life. The curious thing, though, and perhaps the thing we fail to notice, because frankly, it's not there for us to notice, is that Jesus... Unlike other stories he's told, unlike other things he's pointed out, Jesus does not say in this passage, go and do likewise. We assume it's there. Often we read this text or we hear it preached, and we assume that's what Jesus is saying, go and do likewise. Model your own generosity off of hers. Give all that you have, all that you have to live on after all. We are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength, with all of our lives. But the truth is, those words are not there. And without them, if we, if we stop ourselves from making assumptions, without those words, we're actually left a bit puzzled. Does Jesus want us to model our generosity off of this widow? Or is there more at work in this story than initially meets the eye? Because what is here, what we see at the beginning of our text today, is Jesus' instruction to beware. Beware of scribes who like to walk around in fancy robes and sit in places of honor at the banquet because they are the ones who devour widows' houses. More recent commentary and biblical scholarship actually points us in a direction other than go and do likewise. As we imagine, or perhaps more accurately reimagine, what this text is all about. Recent commentators like Emerson Powery and Amanda Brobst Renaud have wondered if instead of this widow being a model to measure our own generosity, perhaps her action is actually an illustration of the systemic injustice of her time or the devouring of widows' houses. After all, should any institution anywhere should any institution ever ask for a widow to give the last that she has to live on? Isn't that the antithesis of what the temple was supposed to be and do? The text is unclear, but the questions are worth asking. Perhaps this widow's house has been devoured as she gives the last of it to a broken system. Perhaps this widow places her whole life in the treasury because she trusts God with all she has and all she is because that's what she's always known how to do. Perhaps her offering is both. Perhaps it is both an expression of a trust in God, but also an offering given 
in a world comprised of broken people, broken systems, and broken communities of faith. It doesn't take but a glance in scripture to see people, systems, communities of faith forgetting the call to care for the poor, the widow, the marginalized, the orphan. And in our text today, the scribes, the one in whom this community of faith has been entrusted, the scribes have become so consumed with wealth and appearances and everything looking beautiful and seats of honor being given that they forget these are not the things God cares about at all. They forget that they too are called to love the Lord their God with all their heart, their mind, their strength, and fancy robes, and seats of honor are about as far from that as you can get. If those in the temple were actually concerned with the things that concern God, if they were actually seeking to love the Lord their God with all their heart, their soul, their mind, and strength, then the temple, these scribes, the church, its members, would actually be far more concerned with the widow's life and well-being than they were with the widow's offering. What if the church was more concerned about whether that widow could pay her electric bill or whether she had a ride to her doctor's appointment or whether she was still sobbing in bed every night because the grief was unbearable? What would the temple community look like if those parts of her life were as welcomed as her offering? You see, this text invites us to not only reimagine our relationship to the widow in it, this text also invites us to reimagine our role in it, too. And I will confess, and perhaps you see yourself in this, too, I will confess that like many of Jesus' stories and parables, it's easy to assume we come out smelling like roses in this one, too that we are the ones on the right side of history, that we are the ones who have fulfilled the gospel command perfectly. Of course we are concerned with the widow's life. Of course we're concerned with her well-being more than her offering. Of course we're going to ask her how she's doing. Of course we're going to ask her how she's been since her husband has died. Of course we're going to thank her for her generosity and also offer her a ride to the church picnic. Of course we're going to do these things. We are a church. We pride ourselves on the love and care that flow out into the world from our life together. Of course we will care about her well-being. But if we're willing to sit with the text, if we're willing, perhaps, to be honest with ourselves, are there times we also enjoy fine robes and seats of honor? Are there times that for the sake of appearances, we say things we don't mean, or we hide things that we're embarrassed by, or like the scribes, we only display a picture-perfect version of ourselves and our temple for the world to see? Jesus makes it clear that those whose sacrifices provided for the temple financially, they were not the ones who gave the most. Rather than lifting up those with power and influence in the community, Jesus identifies the widow as having given more because she has given her whole life. Her whole life. Yes, everything she has to live on, as the text says, but also the fullness of who she is, in all its pain and vulnerability, in all its sadness and despair, like any widow in that time period, her life is on full display for the world to see. The scribes know how little she would have to her name. 
They know the daily struggles she might endure in society. They know the brokenness and shame she carries with her everywhere she goes, and the scribes seem to only be concerned with what she can do for them. Another name on the temple rolls, another stewardship commitment to hold up for the temple to see, another person in the pews to make us look good. But here's the thing, and here's where I think Jesus' warning to beware and Jesus' invitation to pay attention to this widow go hand in hand. Because the temple, the church, is never meant to be a place where fine robes and large sums get you seats of honor. The church is a place that welcomes the poor and the rich and the powerful and the lowly and says, none of that matters here. For if you feel lost, no matter who you are, it is here you can be found. If you are someone who feels empty, well, it is here you can be filled. If you feel homeless, it is here you can find a home. If you feel unworthy, it is here you will be surrounded by the love of sinners just like you. And all of us will be called beloved of God together. Friends, when we invest in our life together, as a church, and I, I mean financially, I mean emotionally, I mean with time and talents and love, when we invest in our life together as a church family, it is my hope, my prayer, my dreaming and imagining that we are investing in a community where your whole life, your whole human, broken self can feel welcomed and secure and held in the loving arms of a loving God and in the tender embrace of a community who have known that grace of God and want to share it with the world. Because if we are anything other than that, friends, then we are missing the point. A friend of mine recently reminded me that you don't go to an AA meeting because you have it all together. You go to an AA meeting because you know that you are broken, and you know that it is in a, bro a broken community like this that your life can be saved. I think that's one reason we go to church, friends. That's why we show up, and perhaps like this widow, that is why we are willing at times to squeeze the last bit of what we have to give to a place like this because we know that because of Jesus Christ, the church can save our life too, not because we have it all together or will have it all together by walking through these doors, but because we are broken people. Desperate people, vulnerable people clinging to the truth that the one who first loved us cared about us enough to give us the community and the gift of the church. As broken as it may be. So in our reimagining of this widow, who she is, what she's investing in, in the life of her temple, I think Jesus is calling us to pay attention. Pay attention to this woman, this widow, this beautiful child of God. She is giving faithfully, yes, but she is giving faithfully to a church where she is trusting that her whole life, 
her whole self, every broken and vulnerable story she carries will be welcomed. They will be cherished. They will be offered grace again and again. Can you even imagine the gift that that church would be? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we seek to reimagine church as a place of vulnerability and care, let us lift our voices in song and bring forth this new creation through words. Please stand as you are able and join together in singing hymn number 320, The Church of Christ in Every Age. Please join me as we affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin written by Sarah R. As we seek to reimagine all that God can do within us and through us, let us state what we believe. We believe in God the Creator, who like a painter with a canvas, imagined creation and breathed it into being. We believe in Jesus, who many years later walked this hurting world and showed us a new way to love. We believe in the Holy Spirit who prods us and pulls us, 
leads us and guides us, carries us and loves us into new life, day after day. And we believe in the power of imagination, a gift from God that allows us to dream dreams, create anew, start over, try again, and live lives of hope. So in response, together, as God's church, we dare to dream, we strive to love, we try to imagine a new day, and we walk together, all with God's help. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved Church, you may have noticed that we have been incorporating new parts of worship these past couple of months that we had done previously before the pandemic. And so this day we will reintroduce the gift, the giving of our offering. This is more than the passing of the plate to keep the lights on. This is a community act of faith, a theological act, a way to worship our God who loves us for who we are, not what we have. It is a way for us to recognize that we are a community of believers who offer our time, our talents, and our resources to God's work in the world. So let us imagine a world God wants us all to live and work towards. Ushers, please come forward.
last coin away. You pointed her out, but you did not say go and do likewise. So we cannot help but wonder, did you point her out to ask, why does this one have so little when others have so much? Did you point her out to help us see the injustice that led to her suffering? Maybe. So today, for her and for you and for every person who cannot afford to give to God and put food on the table, we offer our gifts. We pray that you would use them for your good. Right what is wrong. Balance the systems of injustice. Use these gifts to build the world that we can only imagine, but that you can bring forth. In hope we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved Church, as we turn now to a time for prayer, we seek the mind of Christ, the imagination of our Creator, the Spirit of the Holy Advocate. Let us pray. God of all creation, how wonderful it must be to think of a world and of galaxies and then bring them forth. For you, ideas are seedlings that produce not only one harvest, but generations of life and color. We give you thanks for the many ways your thoughts dare to transcend limitations. How lasagnas and soups made in kitchens are the community's response to a loved one in need. How a crack in the sidewalk or a routine failure can be the cornerstone of a song that lifts the hearts of thousands. How stories seem to never end. Even when they are told thousands of years ago in ancient languages with immediate modern relevance. For we give you thanks, O God, that wherever your gift of imagination is present, anything seems possible. Jesus Christ, you are the one who said prayer can move mountains, so help us find the ways to come to that powerful source of transformation in our own lives, especially when dreams fall short. Hear the worries of our hearts as we face cancer treatments and rehabilitation from surgeries. Rekindle the dry places of our lives and the relationships that have gone cold. Connect us as a greater community to those of us who feel alone. For our minds and bodies that are weary, give us rest. For our communities and nations that suffer, give us peace. For the names that yearn to be close to your presence, O Christ, grant us a feeling of your grace. Holy and ever-moving Spirit, connect us to the ever-growing body of humanity and your creation. Move our legs and feet to dance to the music of our time. Wiggle our fingers and swing our hands to work towards your justice and peace. Guide our eyes to your vision and fill our minds with the stuff of your dreams. Invite us to the challenging and wonderful work of reimagining a world that is closer to the one you see and help us desperately to get there. We pray all this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved church, let us rise in body or spirit and sing the final hymn, 765, May the God of Hope Go With Us. Please stand and raise your voices together. Friends, as we go out from this place, may we hear Christ's call to give of our full selves to our Lord. All of it is welcome, the broken, the vulnerable, the dark parts of ourselves, God calls it beloved, and as God can reimagine anything new, we certainly could as a church as well. And so may we open ourselves to God's reimagining within us that we might go out into this world to love and serve with all that we are and all that we have. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.